Oh, I figured it out. You're going to cut me off and say, what happened this weekend at Effie's? And then we're going to know. Because I'm just going to ramble here for a minute. Okay. And then I, I cut anything. you off. Yeah, you got you to okay. be the one that cuts me off. Okay. I've never cut myself yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. just keep yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah. It's endless. Challenger challenges. Challenger challenges. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, welcome uh, welcome to our life. I just kind of exhausted us a little bit. I exhausted myself a little bit because I just fully interviewed you for this life of... Are your eyes green? Sometimes. Interesting. They're technically I, hazel? It's because you're wearing a green. The green brings it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sometimes look gray, but that's only when it's like heavy demons. True. Yeah. AJ's come out and he's been like, your eyes are gray. And I'm like, oh no, it's one of those days. Uh, I brought a little present home from Chicago for you that I can't say oh, on the air, but I left you. it at my house and I forgot, but I need to get it to you before your birthday. I feel like I was told we'll see. It's, it's Friday, which is, I know crazy. I'm very excited. Friday the 13th Friday. Have I, you ever had your birthday hit on a Friday before? Obviously maybe. Yeah. I am older than, um, seven. So yes. Is it every seven? Okay. All right. Well, I don't know how this works. I can't. I don't follow the Gregorian calendar. Um, if you look at my birthday, I was born in Africa on the on a th- Saturday. Right. But so in America, that in would America, be... it would have been Friday, but only if I was born in Africa. Ah, okay. So if Does you were that born, make sense? yeah, 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 because the, the times wouldn't line up if it mm-hmm. switched like that if yeah. it was over. Uh, I'm glad you were born in Africa. You want to know why? Why? Because I feel like it's giving you a really fun perspective on things, Peter. It really is. I fe- and I feel like there's certain stories I bring up and you go, uh, story that sounds similar but is very different yeah. because you were in Africa. Yeah. I don't want to put you out on the spot here. Do it. You ate those flies. Yes. I ate, I ate, a, I ate a lot. We would be playing um, over there. It would be football. Right. Soccer. Yeah, I don't even know why they ever called it soccer except to just fuck with people. Yeah, yeah. It's a ball that you kick with your foot. With your foot. There's no other name for this sport. Mm-hmm. We are foolish. It's it. There has it's the same kind of chicanery that made Jesus's birthday in December. It's why the Jehovah's Witnesses don't don't believe in any of that. Mm-mm. I listened to an interview with Cat Williams yesterday, and that got wild. He was like, is he a Jehovah's Witness? Well, he was. He grew up a Jehovah's Witness. Oh. And he said, basically, they're saying Jesus' birthday was not on December. You know, Easter was not at this time. And you're going, well, if this is already wrong and the lie can be true, maybe the whole lie is true. But they don't celebrate birthdays anyway. They don't celebrate anything. Right. But he's saying, like, if that is their reasoning and that is staunch biblical reasoning for not celebrating these things, then the whole thing seems pretty made up. And yeah. I was like, damn, Cat Williams, you're breaking me down. I love it. Do you, you watch Community? Yeah, I love. Do you community. remember the weird subplot of Donald Glover's character being a Jehovah's Witness? Isn't that true to real life a little bit though? Wasn't he involved in the Jehovah's Witness Church? He, Am I making this up? Oh, I thought this was brought in as a part of his IRL life. Interesting. Uh, Donald Glover, Jehovah Witness. Let's find out if this was just a storyline plot. Yeah, he was raised a Jehovah's Witness. Uh, so I guess that's very. Uh, in tune it is it is something that i think people are more commonly speaking out about now because there is like jehovah's witness don't talk about it they don't bring it up they don't want you to know about the club they don't go door to door do they are they are they ministry they are so completely convinced that the world is ending next tuesday that there is a it's it's christian nihilism in a weird way 
Okay, so they're, like, they're just we're ready for the class. They're, they're they're like we're done. Yeah, we can check out. I get that. I don't. I don't think it's for me. There's no fun anymore. Yeah, there's no fun anymore. Prepare for destruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why would you celebrate these earthly pleasures when they are only leading to the downfall, the quickening? Maybe Whoa. they should. Maybe I'll be the kind of Jehovah's Witness who's like, if I just do all the sins for you guys, we can speed this motherfucker up. Yeah. All right. Hi, yeah. Jehovah's Witnesses. I'm gonna go celebrate everybody's birthday. I'm celebrating Christmas. And but listen, listen. Giving out presents. It's just to speed up the return of our risen Christ so that we can get the fuck out of here. Our raisin Christ? Uh, I got kicked out of the family group chat for that one on Easter. <laughs> I sent he is raisin. Now, granted, RIP to my grandfather, but I had asked multiple times to not be in the religious group text. And I understand now more as a mature adult that old people are not good with technology. Okay. So it's probably an oopsie daisy, probably returning to an old text, but I said, don't do it. And then they did it. And I said, I sent the picture of the raisin coming out of the tomb and it said, he is raisin. And I was removed. So, I mean, I guess I got my wish, but I didn't, I didn't need it to be as spicy as that. No, he is raisin though. He is raisin. If he was drained of his blood, he'd be pretty wrinkled up. Right. Yeah. He's been chilling in a cave. What's that all about? Nobody I knows. I don't know. <laughs> I, did, did we talk about this? So one day I woke up have it, after having a dream of Jesus um, firing off of the crucifixion on like a giant pink dildo. Whoa. And I rewrote. Oh, yeah. You did tell me this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was very feeling very inspired. So I want, I, I've been thinking about this shirt and I don't know who it's for other than me, but uh-huh. it's a big cross, but the crosses are penises, like you said. Yeah. But but they're going flaccid. So the cross is sort of like drooping down a little from the top and a little from the sides. Like it used to be a hard dick that could crucify someone, but now it's like, it's gone a little soft and we can't really nail anybody to it anymore. We got to jack this dick off if we're going to get anybody crucified again. So you want to, this is an adult podcast. This is okay. Salvador Dali's the crucifixion. Just make everything all melty. Yes. It's very, it's a Dali cross made out of soft cocks. I love it. Circumcised, of course, as our Lord demanded. What? Okay. What happened this weekend? What happened this weekend? You know what happened this weekend at Effie's? This weekend at Effie's. Actually, this weekend was very calm and mild. I did the same thing I did last time, which is uh, AJ's mother came to visit. And Was it tender and mild? <laughs> We're past Christmas. Nothing can be tender and mild anymore. It's hard and spicy. Okay? <laughs> we got to get these cocks hard and spicy again. They're just too tender and mild. Uh, the last time she came, I did the same thing, which was I limited my bookings, but I still took a booking in the middle of the weekend. And it was like, hang out. Cool. Leave. Hang out. You're going home. So there was sort of the break in the middle. Uh, but this... I'm really haunted right now by the building I ventured to, and I we'll get into it. I don't. Maybe we need to look in more into this building, Talia Hall in Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, but it was built in 1892, and I feel like some stuff happened there. There is no theater that has looked more like the Muppet Show Theater than Talia Hall in Chicago, built in 1892. This building looks like the theater from the Muppet Show, but sort of like the Muppets had been like killed in an attack, and no one had been in there in a few years. And a lot of bands play there. Last Podcast on the Left is doing a live show there. I kind of like rubbing the elbows with people where I'm like, oh, we're doing the same venue, pal. We're venue buddies. Very cool. Me and Prince are doing the same venue Friday. His ghost is still there. I'm blown away at how many people. I casually mentioned Aleister Crowley at work the other day to um, one of the, because someone asked what my necklace was about. And it was like one of the higher ups at the, like in like the corporate, um, 
vape store or whatever. Yeah, I love that, though. And uh, one of the suits, someone was like, who's Aleister Crowley? And one of these guys just like immediately started going off about Aleister Crowley. And I was like, these are some interesting points that you're making. And I was like, hey, do you listen to last podcast? And he, he was like, oh, yeah, like just casual, nothing like, no, it's just they're that big now. They're that big. It's now. crazy. I still like we've had the same conversation on here before, but like. It blows my mind. I went and sat down in their studio and did a full hour long yeah. interview yeah. with Ben Kissel. And mm-hmm. I don't even know who else was there for kind of fun, but it was crazy. And I don't think still that covered in blood. I walked into the studio so covered funny. in blood that's after so a death funny. match and did their podcast. And now I'm like, oh shit, this is incredible. Yeah. Have you ever been jealous of your past self? That yeah, I'm yeah, jealous of yeah. the ghost of myself yeah. for ending up on that podcast. Yeah. And People were telling me at the time, they're like, this is huge. And I was like, um, I don't know. And then I didn't know this. But the, um, thank you to everyone that sent me metal recommendations this past Ooh. week. Thank you for retweeting that because I have, I'm drowning in new music at this point. Like, yeah. I literally can't get to everything. Our good friends from Terror who have been out to the LA shows before, mm-hmm. pretty sick. It's pretty crazy that you can be That's like, yeah, guys amazing. from Terror come to our shows That's in LA. Incredible. I invited someone. I took, so Monday, I was told by my co-star to be a little braggadocious and i'm very hesitant about a lot of things sometimes especially contacting people and being like i'm effie what do you think but i said fuck you i'm going for it and for the past few weeks on mark maron's podcast they have been talking about going to aew and his producer brendan mcdonald who's been his producer and friend for years is a huge wrestling fan so part of me goes like but do you know who effie is I sent him an email and I said, look, I think it's awesome that you're going to the Kia Forum to see one of the biggest shows of Dynamite that they've done. They've stacked this show. It is an arena show. But I think about someone like Mark Maron, and I've listened to a lot of episodes. I don't know the man. We've met one time. I shook his hand. I said, I drove eight hours to be here. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought that was perfect. Uh, There's a picture from that, too. I said, look, if I think Mark Maron is anything like me in this aspect, I think you will enjoy the live arena wrestling show. But let me tell you something, Mark. Much like Ron Funches, much like Paul Shear, yes. Much like Glenn fucking Danzig of the Misfits, let me tell you where you'd have more fun. Hold the Glenn Danzig thing. Okay, I'm holding him. But keep going. He's easy to hold. He's not he a is, big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you need to come to the Ukrainian Cultural Center, and I think you need to see GCW on February 18th. That's what I said. I said, look, we've snuck in celebrities before. Nobody's bothering you. Wrestling fans don't know who comedians are. They just It just doesn't cross over a lot, except for the wrestlers. Yeah. Maybe it crosses over more than I think. Maybe there's a lot of people who are like, I can't wait to watch a deathmatch tournament and listen to Mark Maron talk to Colin Hanks. But I'm here, and so there's got to be others like me. We're connecting people here. Uh, I think Mark Maron would have a very good time coming to one of these yes. punk rock, yes. a thousand cap theater shows in the gold-plated Ukrainian Cultural Center. And I'm pretty sure if I told Brett that I could get Mark Maron to come to the show, which the last show we had, Joey Janela showed up with a whole reality filming crew and giant pan, uh, not pandas, giant (laughs) boa constrictor snakes. And they filmed a whole reptile show at the show. Things happen in the Ukrainian cultural center that you wouldn't believe. I would like to extend that invitation February 18th. And look, if we can't get Mark Maron, maybe there's another curmudgeonly old man that I'm fond of that it will come through. But I, there's only one I care about. Yeah. I'm not asking to be on the show here. I have my own show. It's cool. We have a lot of people that listen to us and find us. I'm saying just come hang out. You can sit backstage. You can watch the show. Maybe Glenn Danzig will be there. I don't know. Okay. So. All right. 
with people sending recommendations on the Twitter of music, um, someone very funnily sent along because I mentioned the um, they were like, listen to this Black Flag record. And I was like, well, yes, of course. <laughs> but also, I really need the Henry Rollins RuPaul Funky Town <laughs> cover. Oh, and yeah. they were like, well, we might not get that, but we'll always have this. And he, he sent the cover of Henry and Glenn Forever, which is that a uh, little like comic zine about the two of them being being roommates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That artist does all the last podcast on the left comic books. What? Yes. It's all connected. It's all connected. Sync, 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 synchronicity. Burr, burr, burr. I'm going to get a button that says, has me saying synchronicity that I'm going to press. Um, the, the, we've, t- we talked about it in the little interview thing that we did before. I am, I've been doing consistently this pat like the past few months I've been doing consultation and astrology consultations with Patreon folk. Yes. And one, everyone keeps mentioning like, Oh, wrestling podcast. This will be cool. Oh my God. You guys are in all this other shit that I'm into as well. <laughs> and then someone on the Patreon was like, I can't believe you're talking about Lars von Trier's <laughs> the kingdom. Welcome to Weekend at Effie's. It may not be a wrestling podcast at all. It may not even be a podcast. It may be something you're making up in your mind right now. Peter, am I made up? I think we're all... Did you see that Elon Musk came out saying that Grimes was something that his consciousness invented? I'm pretty sure she had a baby, bro. I'm pretty sure she had two of his babies. Oh, there's too many Elon babies out there's there. There's so many. But Have you does... seen the photo of all of them meeting the Pope? No. <laughs> They're not with him, are they? Oh, no. I just, I'm hoping that he's accidentally created the elite army that's going to end up taking him out. You know what I mean? Like, he's, yeah. he has birthed all these children in the hopes of growing his genetic uh, specimen, I guess. And they're going to be the ones that are his downfall. Much like Herschel Walker's weirdly conservative, offensive gay son, who's also trying to take down Matt Gates. Oh, geez. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Right? This is, this is, if you would have pulled this up to me and said, this is Photoshop, this is Photoshop. What is going on? How did he explain this to them? I don't. What is the concept of the Pope in the mind of a child of Elon Musk? Okay. Speaking of the Pope, correction corner, the hammer, not, there was a gift. They never used it on any Pope. Actually, I just got a message from the other side. The Pope hammer is real. Okay, thank you. I'm confirming the Pope hammer because it's way better if the Pope hammer is real. Know. Everyone's crying. The Pope is he's dead, and he's got his, and they got to drag him around in a dress for a while, and then they go boop, and he goes, yeah. "Is it dead? Oh no!" I, this this Mercury retrograde for me has been you fucked up the information and have to correct. I've been making Who cares? so many corrections. We'll correct anything. It's all a work of fiction, motherfuckers. Okay. This is not a real work. This is a work of fiction. Nothing we said is real. So shut up. It turns out the intro I gave you to start the podcast where I actually start talking about the week, it just got me more off topic. Yeah. We got to pick something different. Yeah. We'll yeah. figure it We're out. We're going to figure it out. Weekend at Effie's. We're, AJ's mom came to town. We're almost two years into this, and we're still trying to figure out how to start the podcast. <laughs> but I don't think people want us to start the no, podcast. I don't think, I think so either. Uh, I think that they want us to, they want to, some people was like, some people was like, listen, my mom's going (laughs) to kick my ass English major who got my grammar correct. Uh, some people say they don't even know where one episode starts and one episode ends. They, they'll jump in the train a little late and they're like, I didn't realize I'd listened to six episodes. I thought it was just one episode. And to you, I say, what a brave soul you are to just let it keep playing and to let our ideas infect your mind in this magical way. 
I do want to say shout out to our new listeners from TikTok. If you saw us, yes. we're popping back off on TikTok. Do you want to talk about yes, why we may not have I been do. popping on TikTok? So speaking of corrections that have been made, brought to my attention lately in the universe, this hanging out with you has been really positive. I would say net positive for me. Let me say one positive thing. I think all words are made up and the alphabet can be put into many different forms. Now back to what you were saying, I may have caused a problem. (laughs) So um, I have become too comfortable with the word bussy. So has America. We'll get to that later. And I was like, well, I have to tag Taylor's tag team. Of course. In the TikToks. Why would I not do that? And I was like, you know what, man? We're getting like 500 views on some of these. And yeah, and they're like, pretty funny. This good, good like, content. I, and I've been using the correct astrological time for everything. And I was starting to judge those Blacked a little out bit. By where Bussy. I was like, why am I doing all this work to make sure that these are... And it was because I was putting hashtag bussy. Yes, it turns out TikTok does not like promoting the hashtag no. bussy, even though we're a family-friendly tag team, okay? Um, kind of. And to show the real power of that, the last one that I posted, I was like, I need to post something. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look at the chart for yeah. now. I know it's gonna be garbage. I did look at it later. It was garbage. <laughs> and we immediately got like ten thousand views on that one. Yeah, so I guess post during garbage times and we can't Don't, talk about the tag can't team. Talk anymore. About the tag team anymore. We forgot to film a video this weekend for something that I Uh think is going to be announced soon. And it makes us look like such rude pieces of crap because we were literally standing next to each other for upwards of 24 hours. And not once could we film this 30 second video to announce that we had won something. I am embarrassed. I'm fully embarrassed. (laughs) Sorry to everyone involved. We're going to get you the video. We're back together Friday and we'll send it right over. I promise. Uh, Do you know, Allie's? I'm sure you do. Her uh, big three. I don't know her big three, but I know she's also an Aquarius. She's also an Aquarius. And so my my Aquarius road wife, son. yes, Aquarius okay. son. My road wife and my home husband are both Aquarius. Just figure out that one. She's also a wonderful pansexual viola player. Who would have guessed that I'd be drawn to those mm-hmm. as a pansexual viola player? Uh, Gay just sounds better in the marketing. We've got to admit it, right? You know, it's it's good stuff. I was gonna make a point here, but I forgot it. So I'm gonna talk about what I did Friday which I didn't expect to do. I went to the Stranger Things experience. Like a full-on normie. That's No crazy. offense to anyone. It's a full-on normie thing. But I want to say this. I had no idea what to expect. I had not seen the trailers, so to say, Peter. It was crazy. They've been... my. <laughs> The internet doesn't know what to do with me as a person in general. I've been getting ads for that simultaneously with time to go get your uh, yearly mammogram. Oh, well, they're going to have trouble fitting those breasts in the in the squeezer. I, I would say so. They're, they're not there, Peter. Um, our TikTok algorithm, our personal one, because I don't engage with it, is the most absolute insane shit in the entire world. Oh, I'm I'd certain. I had to start engaging with wrestling content just because I didn't want to see the full offerings of TikTok all the time when I open that. Well, hashtag bussy gets you to a um, lot of places, young ref man. Clark Feldman is like the number one thing that pops up on our TikTok just because he... I'm going to see him <laughs> I, this weekend I a lot. Him with all his content. I love he, ref Actually, Clark I don't think I'd, I... I might have talked to this, might not have. I watched like 30 minutes of his stream on TikTok the other day. You should watch him stream on TikTok. I've yeah. rated him before. I haven't sat in for long streams. This is my problem as a streamer. I love streaming. I don't... 
I don't like watching other people Humans do anything. Humans in general. I wasn't meaning you specifically. You're... Oh, yes. Everyone should watch yeah, yeah, Ruff Clark yeah. Feldman's Twitch stream. I've been trying to raid uh, some rando Twitches as I finish my stream, so I'm hoping that helps some. It seems Twitch is picking back up. There was a dark time for Twitch, but I'm glad to see everyone sticking with me. Mm-hmm. I have people that are now like subscribed for 32 months on Twitch, which is something that started for me because I was like, Oh, I quit my job and I am a wrestler, but there's no wrestling. It's COVID. And so to have that still going on three years later strong and to still enjoy it to the point where I watched four hours of wrestling matches last night. Not to say it's not exhausting. It is exhausting. But it was also very fun. And you can just watch whatever you want on there. It's a different version of me. It's a chaotic version of me. Uh, It's no more or less edited per se. Lucy is really giving you some trubs today. Yes, I was trying to keep the mice, mic all loosey-goosey and able to move around like a real podcast, but she's bumping it. She's the... bumping. She's living. She's um, a babe. I just wanted to take like two seconds to say I've been really feeling the love on the podcast lately, and I just want to say I really appreciate y'all being so embracing of me as I come on here with your favorite human, Effie. Um, I don't even have to be your favorite human. I just have to, you have to just be fascinated by me somewhere. That's my expectation these Uh, days. I just, I don't know. I've been very appreciative of it. Well, you're a very fascinating person, Peter, though. Don't, don't downplay that. It it doesn't occur to me. It's my life. It's very normal. Well, you're telling me. I'm finding out mine's not normal at all. I keep getting that comment lately of like, you know, that's weird that you almost got eaten by a hippo a couple times when you were a kid. (laughs) Not as weird as uh, Anne Hathaway to Francis Ford Coppola to The Rock. Now coming to film in the neighborhood. Oh, dude. Dwayne Johnson needs to answer my fucking tweets. Um, Apparently, the Coppola thing is just falling apart. I read a whole article about it today, and I was like, should I go offer him my services? And it's, it's. I mean, we got a little personal insight to it because we talked about it. That production system I talked to. We knew before anyone. He's just pulling anyone off the street to help him with this movie. For the latest Hollywood scoops. Tune into Weekend at Effie's. We know we're down here on the ground in New Hollywood, Atlanta, Georgia. The tax benefits are great. Francis Ford Coppola can't find labor. And we're underground waiting for Anne Hathaway to stop screaming. Yeah. We're glad. It's, hey, good for you, Anne Hathaway. But it was a, it was a wild adventure getting in and out of here for that podcast during that time. There was just chaos. Yeah. At one point, a nun walked by your window. Yep. What? I don't. That movie is gonna be insane. It's gonna be either trash or incredible. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk more about Bo is Afraid later. You're not watching the trailer. I'm not the watching Ari the Astro trailer. Film. I stand by this, but I'm listen. I'm a spoiler girl. Mm-hmm. Also, the Babylon soundtrack has not left my rotation. Nope. I told you there were some weird synchronicities when I was streaming da, da, the other da, da, night. Da, da. Oh, da, we did that. We did a, a Babylon soundtrack watch along to the live AEW Dynamite, and I was just letting the soundtrack play through when Maxwell Jacob Friedman walked out and Brad Pitt's intro song, uh, what is it called? It's something about being a king. Uh, King's entrance was playing, and it was perfectly lined up with his entrance. I was like, I love this. This movie is, there's something deeper going on here. I'm going to have to go back later. But hearing the soundtrack gets me fired up. Did you ever do Wizard of Oz (sighs) and Dark Side of the Moon? So, not, not in full, but I did do, you ready for this one? Vampire Weekend set to The Little Mermaid, the first album. And granted, I was on Fungus at the time, okay? So I, my brain was a little melted. But I remember my good friend Ben looking at me and going, Dude, you're telling me this shit don't line up perfectly? Look at him with the trident. Listen to the fucking harpsichord. Yeah. This shit is built for it. This is a Little Mermaid soundtrack. So if anyone in Vampire Weekend, 
uh, would like to let us know if they wrote their first album to be set to the Disney's 1994 classic, The Little Mermaid. I would like to know more. I believe it's there. Have you done The Dark Side of the Moon? That was... Oz? Um, so when I first moved to the States... It's so weird you just brought up The Wizard of Oz. Really? I'm not going to tell you why. Okay. But... Okay. Yeah. Weird. Wow. Weird. If anyone else out there knows what we were just talking about and what we're talking about now, weird, man. You sure? You sure you're not watching anything? N- no. Crazy. Crazy times. What did I connect to? What? I don't, I'm not telling you anything, okay. but I'm All afraid. Right. That's that's really weird. <laughs> Let's get down to business. To uh, defeat no, no, these no, fucking just, Huns. Um, have you ever seen, you know, those, the, this is like a big tripper thing to watch. Like, it's like Samsara, like the, um, like, it's like Consequai. They're the like visual, like non-narrative documentaries where they just shoot a bunch of footage with music underneath Ooh. it. I, I don't know about this, but I want... I feel like this should be part of my life. Okay. It's like one of the most wonderful things you can trip to. Like, if you're going to if you're gonna do the stay in and watch something, yeah. it's just like beautifully shot footage from... It's the... You know, you have an Apple TV. You know oh, the yeah. drone footage? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was that back in like the 80s. Ah, so they were just like, yeah. this is complete. Why add mm-hmm. human touch to this? Um, Put a song. Because we talk about them all the time, Blank Check is currently doing those on their Patreon, and I oh. got to watch one the other night, and I was like, this shit fucking rules. It sounds Fi- like it rules. Philip Glass does the music for it. Philip Glass is uh, one of the greatest American composers. Yes. And is partially related to Ira Glass. Hello, this is Ira Glass. Mm. This is Weekend at Effie's. We're going to do a collection of stories here that are going to expand your mind, expand your horizons, and we're looking into people who have dealt with complicated things crazy things and things that all of us have felt. So we're going to go down to Naya, our reporter, who's got the first part of this story. Yeah? Is that Amazing. Amazing. What about Werner Herzog? Have you seen my documentary about volcanoes into the inferno, where I chronicle how all human evolution and all thought is based on the volcano and how all religion goes back to the infernal fires of the center of our earth? If Santa Claus is the king of the North Pole and the penguins are the king of the South Pole, then the central pole, where hell resides, is where our kings truly are. And the volcanoes give us that outlook into the beauty of them. I think Lucy's telling us that we're really far off topic. We're so off topic, <laughs> but guess what? Fuck them. Do you want to hear my co-star today? Yes. I'm not doing this on perfect. I'm perfect. I'm not doing this on purpose. <laughs> this is what my co-star said today. It's okay to crave chaos from time to time. Whoa. All right, we're archiving this. It tells me I, need, I have to archive some stuff. We're going to do it. Oh. All right. Well, Friday we went to the Stranger Things experience. Yes. And I had no kind of understanding of what this was going to be. We were led into a room. And I want to say this. The ticket price, not cheap. Packed. People fucking love Stranger Things. It's crazy. It's insane. What's your relationship with Stranger Things? In I think it's a cool, fun show. I don't like child actors. That's. I don't either. No children in acting. I don't. I don't think any children should be subjected to the acting industry. I feel like if any of us saw Nope, we would start to second guess our relationship with child acting in Hollywood. And let me just say this, okay? I saw the movie Little Man with uh, one of the Hughley brothers, maybe D.L. Hughley. Okay? You can CGI a man on a little baby, and you don't have to have a baby actor. So get it together, like, America. What prestige movie is he talking about? The yes. Hughley Brothers. I'm talking about D.L. Hughley's classic, Little Man. 
I don't think we should hire any children to act anymore. No. The last time uh, AJ's mom came here, and she's a big Stranger Things fan, and AJ likes it. We watched the show. Uh, we took her to the quarry where they filmed yeah. a lot of it. Well, they filled it up with water. And she was not happy about that. She said, it doesn't look like the show. I said, well, it's a quarry. They filled it up with water. So we wanted to give her something that looked like the show. And AJ, is uh, he has a sister. And the sister has a baby. So she often goes to visit the sister. And you got to do grandmother things with the baby. Yeah. But when she comes to visit us, we do homosexual things. Yeah. Which is activities with our extra earned income. And she loves hanging out. We had a couple cocktails. They did. And then we went to Stranger Things. I thought it was like a museum where you see props. Like it was going to be like, look, here's one of her jackets. Yeah. Like, here's a Demogorg statue. Yeah. Now, this was a fully interactive experience. No footage was allowed inside. You're not allowed to take footage. I snuck footage on the GoPro, which will be exclusive footage for the life of. Don't tell. Please don't tell the Stranger Things experience. Don't tag them on this. You go through... All these weird rooms like an escape room, but shit is happening and there is narrative and shit is exploding and the room is changing. And then you get to this finale room, which takes place inside the upside down. And in the upside down, there is a digital, crazy, immersive, weird IMAX spin screen. <sighs> Have you seen how they filmed The Mandalorian? Yeah. Where they have that big... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is just like that. So but you have cool. on 3D glasses at this point. They're like, put on your secret goggles. And you're like, ugh. So the way this sets up, it's 3D. They have one actress. <laughs> She's in a bad wig, and she is portraying Eleven. And she pops up on this stage, which is... The Upside Down is built as a stage into the screen. And so she is interacting with this screen. And I want to I clarify this. She does this literally hundreds of times per day. And I... Could not get away from the fact that this was very fun, exciting, awesome. Netflix really sent the budget. This is still some carnival bullshit, and I love it. This girl has to pop out of the ground a hundred times a day in a bad wig, pretend to have powers in front of people, and then duck in time for the real hologram to get up to finish the story as we exit the room to the gift shop. Incredible. Mind-bending, participatory, very weird, very wild. I highly recommend the Stranger Things experience. We had a blast. Uh, you've been to Universal? I have. Did you go to the Terminator show before it closed? It's like that, but with no budget. Right. Like They were like, Christina, get in here. Put the wig on. Get down before minute mark four. Um, I saw it the year that it closed. Ooh. And I would say there, so the, there's like 10 Terminators that pop up, maybe seven of them were working and maybe five were in like actual working condition. Yeah. And the guy who was playing Arnold, um, probably been doing it for a while. It's hard times, daddy. <clears throat> yeah. When you got to pretend to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was really, really rough. Um, and I just thought about the fact that, cause I didn't know then, but like, I found out later that that was the year that it was closing. And I was just thinking about like, what is the last day of playing Arnold ever for that? Like when he goes to his apartment after getting yeah. done, what is that feeling? Do you think he's been at this same Arnold position long enough to where I Arnold so. had seen him do I Arnold? Th I think they were like, we're not, we're not putting any extra energy into this. Yes, Arnold now has a beer belly, but here's the deal: we're not getting anybody new to play Arnold. Darren Aronofsky created the Wrestler, which I think is a perfect portrait of a late in life wrestler. Uh, Darren Aronofsky, I need you to do 
the Terminator. And yes. it's about this guy. <laughs> yeah. And I want to see how you take this thing. Yes. And he's doing the show. <laughs> yeah. And we get the behind the scenes. And he hits that cigarette right before he pops up. And he goes, I'll be back. And he's just, his divorce just went through. She took half everything. And he's still got to be Arnold. They they also did a gender swap that I think they thought they were getting away with. with um, For the kid. Yeah. Where they had a young woman yeah. just wear the bowl cut wig. Yep. And you were like... I know what's going on here. I am. There's a wrestler, Christopher Daniels, who may or may not know something about another wrestler, Curry Man, who fought Dan the Dad this weekend. But one of his side gigs when he was working at one of the wrestling companies, he was doing the uh, Waterworld stage show at Universal. I've never been more jealous of another wrestler than getting to see him. He gets up on stage. There's explosions. He falls off the towers. He's doing the stunts. Like... Do I want to wrestle Christopher Daniels? Not necessarily. Do I want to be his enemy in the stunt show spectacular of Waterworld? Fucking yeah, I do. That shit is so cool. And I just want everyone to know, Curry Man fucking rules forever. That's what I got to say about that. I've, I'm going to get a job at this. I, when I went to the haunted house, when I went to, what is it, Netherworld? Yeah. <coughs> I had a friend that used to work there. <laughs> they're like really intense about their training for the scares. The sports entertainer and me looking through the fear and screaming in my eyes, which I definitely can turn back and say that made me lose my voice far worse than I would have going to that fucking haunted house. I wanted to work in that haunted house so fucking bad. I wanted to be the little scary vine person that's made of vines and tries to kill you. That shit looks so cool to me, but I know I would be scared the whole time. But maybe once you're in on the joke, you know better. It's exciting. Now, I made a mistake, and I'm going to admit it here, okay? I, It's the same thing as AJ playing kickball. There are certain times where I have conversations with my lover, with my partner, with one of my best friends in the world. I guess my best friend in the world, my my chosen my chosen tribe oh, mate. did you know that your chart shows up that you met him on Grindr? What? Yeah. How? Yeah. How? So you have Venus in the 12th house. Yeah. What the 12th house does is it hides things from people. Okay. And so what it typically means is that you will uh, either get married in secret or you will meet your person in a secretive sort of way. Which Porque grind- no los dos. Grinder is totally a 12th house thing. Porque no los dos. Married in secret? Who would do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting there. Uh, yeah, so, and I had him say that on this Life Of documentary. I said, how did we meet? And he goes, do you want me to really say it? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, we're being honest here, baby. Uh, he'll tell people, he's like, we went to the same school, which we did. Yeah. We went to the same parties, which we did. Didn't yeah. know each other. Knew a lot of the same people. But the truth is, post-graduation, I was just visiting town. And he said, wait, don't go. And I said, hmm. And then I took him out for dessert. He doesn't like sweets. And then we've been inseparable ever since. Even though he's tried to tell me to leave multiple times, he goes, get out of here. And I'm like, please, I'll do better. And then I do. I do better. It's great. Here's where I didn't do better. Loose baby. When when he's, and Lucy knows what's going on. You're revealing the secrets here. When, okay, baby. Come here. You've cornered yourself. It's impossible to get to you. We can't get to you. Lucy, this is something that y'all need to add to the drinking game is Lucy. When Lucy appears, take a shot. You stupid idiots. Everybody liked that I was saying stupid idiots. 
And I wasn't even realizing what a Jericho reference I was making. Because he used to call everyone a stupid idiot. But it is a nice non-curse word way to let people know um, how you feel. Not the listeners. I'm not talking to the listeners here. You dumb motherfuckers. Just you, rings around in my head all day long. You stupid motherfucker, you. Uh, when my partner is a little tipsy... He is a little more agreeable on my ideas of things than if he was not. And one of those ideas is you should drive me to the airport at 4.30 in the morning, which at midnight he said, yeah, I don't mind. Just wake me up and we'll go. And then I woke him up at 4.30 in the morning and said, okay, let's go. And he said, what is wrong with you? And I was like, what is wrong with me? You told me this was fine. When in reality, I should have known like, there's no reason on a Saturday morning after working all week that this man at all should be taking me to the motherfucking airport in a car and then driving home. Did you do this two weekends in a row? We talked about this last week, too. I've got to stop thinking he should take me to the airport. He should not. But let me make this clear, and this is something I work on. I've tried very hard for the past many years to make things easy for a promoter. I believe this is a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. But... If it is going to save my sanity to build into the cost, possibly boarding one of my dogs and the Uber to the airport, then y'all can go fuck yourself, pay the fee, or I'm staying my ass home because I'm not pissing that boy off anymore by convincing him to help out with my fucking job. What an embarrassing thing to ask. So promoters, just understand this. When you make the deal with Effie, and you will profit off of Effie, I'm covering my fucking costs. You got to pay for the Uber now. And if I got to board the dog, guess what? Build it into the fucking fee. That's my baby. You want Effie to leave the house? Then you make sure Effie can leave the house. I've got to put my foot in the sand somewhere. I have my fucking SAG card, Peter. I shouldn't be talked around by these dipshit promoters. And if I ever, if I ever, if I ever have to argue with another human being over 50 fucking dollars, I'm just going to cut them in the throat and listen to what my dad said, which was, at least in jail, they give you three meals. Sometimes there's a movie on and you can keep to your fucking self. You know... Jail is where I've seen the most castle that I've ever seen. C- castle the being... The TV show Castle. Oh, you watched Castle in jail? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck, Peter? <laughs> I was listening back to last week's episode and we talked about Castle. And I was like, oh yeah, the only time I've seen that was when I was in jail. Uh, I need... <sighs> I I don't want to go sorry. back to jail, Peter. I need to check up on my yeah. my my current legal standings. I'm not going to kill anyone. That's foolish to even say. But I am saying that y'all know. I know. The fans know. We're all saying it. Stop acting like you can't afford my motherfucking costs because I am paying you dividends, motherfuckers. Dividends. What was the number one phrase I heard last weekend, the weekend before, and every goddamn phrase of my career? Well, let's go with the top two, Peter. One. I've never been to wrestling and I came to see you. It's my first time. Two, we only came because of you. I'm not saying there aren't other people pulling duties, but this is a common phrase. I'm not making this phrase up. I'm not adding the amount of times that this happens. This happens many times. I am the fucking draw. These indies who keep hiring TV guys on contract and then want to act like their indies are drawing, go suck my fucking dick. Keep booking these TV guys and then wonder why no one else on your card can get over because it's just TV fans coming to look at them for 10 minutes and they're not paying attention to the rest of the show. Effie is a true indie draw. Even Gabe Sapolsky said it. 
Even that motherfucker was willing to say it after he lost out on all his money selling NFTs and now has to do free Twitter spaces to find some kind of hire that makes it look like he's worth his payday to Triple H. Oh, welcome back, Vince. You're going to fuck this up for everybody. Y'all keep listening to that dipshit, even though he never paid any of your favorites any money and gave everyone a free T-shirt to work for him. Is he really coming back? He's working at WWE. Is he? Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, Vince? Yeah. Yeah, he said he's coming back to sell the company off. What? Yeah, he's one of the still higher-ranking board members. He said he has retired as an on-screen figure, but he's coming back into the corporate fold to sell the business off. Because why not fuck it up even worse? At least back in the day, you could abuse him back. You know what I mean? Like, now we're finding out he was just abusing people all the time, but you're like, well, at least people were kicking him in the face on TV for real a little bit. No. Now he's just supposed to be a senile old man. He's he's a horrible person. They're letting him back in. It's all meme fun to have Big Vince back on the block. Go fuck yourself. I hope the company gets driven into the fucking ground. Triple H, I'm willing to hire you. We'll have you on a big gay brunch. LGBTQ, we'll fit you in wherever you need to fit in. Uh, you got a job with Effie after everything fucking sinks because he's sinking your goddamn ship and you're fools for even letting him back on. The motherfucker has... Pure on dementia, and you're letting him back on, and you're letting him run your board. You deserve the fire. You deserve for the art to sink. You know, we could break our no guest rule just for Triple H. Triple H, if you want to come on here and talk about stuff, tell me I'm right. Tell me I got the story pretty close. He's going to have to share Lucy's chair, though. Ooh. Well, he can stand. We'll he, raise the yeah, mic yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. You can stand, young man. Okay. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of everybody acting like there's a kingdom, like this is a feudal system, like Tony Khan and Vince have control over anything. Guess what? Say my fucking name out loud. Say it. I'm the influence, the effluencer. I'm the one giving everybody ideas. I'm the one putting everybody over. Say it out loud. Effie got me over. Effie got me over. You can, you can wait. You can say I'm a legend. You can say I'm a, a kid on the scene who's done a lot of cool things. Fuck you. I'm the goddamn goat. I've proven it for years and years. I'm the fucking legend. I am where wrestling is going. I am the future of wrestling. And if you're nervous to talk to me, if you're nervous to have a conversation, you damn well should be. Peter, they should be very fucking nervous. I had a period, all right? I'll say it was from about, hmm, let's say from about September to December where I was Effie, but I wasn't Effie. I was here. I'm in it. I'm very good at it. I can do it. But I didn't have my, my chutzpah. My fire, my my stick, my sword. And I don't know what fucking changed, Peter. I don't know what shifted. But in the last few weeks, I'm ready to fire up. Jimmy Lloyd said to me the other day, you know what he said to me? And I took it wrong at first. And I took it to heart a little bit. And I said, oh, maybe I was too rude. He said, Effie used to talk a lot of fucking shit. And I was like, ooh, that's not, I don't want that to be what people think about me, that I'm just a shit talker. But then I realized why I was talking shit, which was because I can back it up with a solution. I'm allowed to complain if I have a better idea of what's to come. Yep. I am allowed to say this is fucking stupid if I'm replacing it with something that I think is not stupid and that other people think is not stupid. Now, I'm also a little fucking fired up because what have I done for the past goddamn five years? I've done uh, my sixth and seventh Big Gay Brunches are coming up in L.A. and in Liverpool fucking England. I have gone out of my way to continue putting people over, to continue giving people the spot that they haven't had before, and what do I get? Pero joining up with the heteros, Billy Dixon now joining up with the heteros to attack me. I'm the problem? Girl, I got y'all over. I made people look. Pero will say, well, I came out before you and this and that and that. Ask him what match they talk about, Pero. 
They talk about Effie versus Pero. They don't talk about your running Evolve. They don't talk about you working for Billy Corgan. They don't talk about you just standing there beating somebody up. They don't talk about you in MLW with a flag. It was very brave at the time. Guess what they fucking talk about? They talk about you in regards to Effie. I see how that could frustrate you. Billy Dixon, they talk about you in regards to Effie. Oh, the show's Billy Dixon putting on. Oh, they're almost as good as Big Gay Brunches. Oh, the matches Billy Dixon are having, they're almost as crazy as Effie matches. Oh, the death matches, they're almost as wild as Effie's matches. I get it. I'd be pissed too. But understand, I'm not doing this to hold y'all down. I'm doing it so you can better yourselves and have the platform to do what you want. But it turns out what you want is to bite the hand that feeds. Well, this hand ain't feeding any motherfuckers anymore. Effie's Big Gay Brunch LA, it's Hollywood Effie, bitch. If you're booked, you're booked. If you're not, wee, go cry about it. I don't give a shit. Learn to sell tickets, motherfucker. Y'all took the peace offering, you snapped it over your knee, you spit at me, and then you were surprised when I came back with my fucking claws in your eyes. This is war. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're straight. I don't care what you are. You will come. You will kiss the ring. You will show some goddamn respect for what I've done in pro wrestling, which would look very different without me. I ponder this. What would it look like without me? Very fucking different, Peter. You remember the QWI? You remember the queer wrestlers list before I showed up? Oh, it wasn't one. Oh, there were gay people for sure. But y'all had to go and be reverent about it. I said, look, let's call a spade a spade. We're weird Fired up gay people doing poppers in a dark club on a Saturday morning. Good luck to all of you, but I know what being gay is and it's wild as fuck and I'm not going to censor myself so that you finally allow me to carry a flag out. Yeah, great job. Great job to everyone out there. I'm the goddamn queen of this shit. I'm not just the queen of the gays. I'm the queen of everything, Peter. And I'm sick of acting like I'm not and I'm sick of holding my talent back. God. I need a break after that. Yeah, we all need a break after that, Peter. <sighs> so Saturday morning, I got to the airport pretty I early. I do actually have to go pee. Go to the bathroom, Peter. I'm not sorry for anything I said. Let him hear all the goddamn truth. Aww. Nick Carp. Nick oh Carp, you are such a great photographer. I immediately posted that picture. I hope you know. Uh, this is, I had a conversation this weekend. You're such a little model boy. It's so funny. I'm very good at being photographed, but I don't always agree with it, but I agree with this one. Uh, I had a conversation with someone this weekend. (laughs) I don't even remember who said it. They said, (laughs) yeah, you, uh, you had this kind of like wild Ric Flair thing going on with the blonde (laughs) and now you look like a fugitive. (laughs) I love that. I am a fugitive. You know what I'm running from? Containment. And boxes. To all of you who pre-ordered my Major Bendy's figure, sorry it doesn't look like me now, but you are you are holding on to a permanent moment in time. Um, can I put? <laughs> can I? Jeez. <laughs> One second. Can I post <laughs> like the fest photos <laughs> on Patreon? I found those the other because I've been. <laughs> please, <laughs> please post them. All right, let's try this again, yeah, yeah, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Are we on drugs? No. Okay. You wanted to post those photos? Yeah. We're gonna have to include all of this now. Did I just go on a rant, dude? I'm <laughs> sorry. Did. I get in the zone. Um, I love. <laughs> 
we're we're slightly structuring this podcast more only so it can be more chaotic. This is chaos and <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh I apologize to anyone who really doesn't like mouth sounds and coughing. It's become hard to uh it's pull hard. those two things apart. It's hard apart. to pull apart. This is real. This is raw. I'm a fucking human being made of meat. And sometimes when I smoke weed, I cough live on the air. Mm-hmm. Welcome, folks. That's part of life, okay? If you can't handle that, good luck in heaven. Because guess what? In heaven, there's snot everywhere, okay? Because they don't want friction, so everything has to be lubricated. So in heaven, snot just covers everything, so there's never any friction between things. Lucy agrees or Lucy disagrees. Lucy is in a very funny mood today. A fun chaos mood from Lucy. Mm-hmm. I went to Chicago, Peter. <laughs> what are we at in the podcast right now? Uh, we're at just under 50 with like however many minutes from the bathroom break. I went I went to Chicago. Okay. I love Chicago. From March to about the end of September. In the winter, it is devastating sometimes to be in Chicago. It's very cold. It was not as cold as it could have been, but I was very, very chilly. Now, I got there very early. Uh, I went and took a nap, thank God, uh, in the hotel room. And then by the time we were very, very hungry, we said, it's time to go on the town. And I was picked up by Chicago's own uh, favorite son, the king of the Palais de the Silicon Valley Sex Dungeon, uh, Trevor Outlaw. Now, we have been enemies before. We were actually in a match together this Friday, a triple threat. Effie, Storm, Grayson, Trevor Outlaw. Logan Square Auditorium, back in Chicago, two weeks in a row. Saturday, not Friday. It's a Saturday freelance because Friday's Wrestlepalooza at Prince's Castle at First Avenue. So Saturday night, I will be ending my adventure with Trevor Outlaw again. But he picked us up and he said, look, where this venue is, Talia Hall, it's near a lot of cool stuff. Let's go check it out. Let's be towny people. And I said, hell yeah, let's go be towny people. So we go on a little explorative adventure through some thrift shops, through uh, some furniture stores, and then uh, to... What Chicago has the very best of, Mexican food, a Mexican restaurant. Have you ever been to a Chicago-style Mexican restaurant? No. They're very particular. There's usually pretty loud music. There's usually pickled vegetables on the table in a big jar. Okay. And they are so quick with their service. Now, is it a good idea at 3.45 p.m. when you have a show that night to eat three full enchiladas, two tacos, a large horchata, and three pieces of candied pumpkin? No. No. Terrible idea. Did it anyway. Because guess what, Peter? I need to be ready to wrestle at any time. No matter how I feel, no matter how bloated I am, no matter how destructive the forces of the enchiladas are, I'm going to push through and I'm going to give you my best. I I think it was Allie that did it, but I like it when y'all post uh, photos of you looking very triumphant in the ring and whatever you were personally going through as in digesting at that moment. It's very entertaining to me. We were definitely both digesting. We ate up on that. She got a chorizo egg plate that was just like perfect. Oh my God. And I'll tell you this. What's weird about Saturday is I had two Coca-Colas. I usually only drink Diet Coke or Coke Zero. Oh, like Coke And I Coke. purposefully... Ordered two full-bodied, full-calorie Coca-Colas. Whoa. And I drank them with limes. And it was delicious. It almost like, I recommend, like if you want to do kind of a monk thing, this is kind of a monk thing, Peter. Drink Diet Coke for a year and then drink one real Coke. And you'll remember what the joys were that you left behind in your stoic nature of the bitter despair of Diet Coke, which I love. 
which I enjoy. That's I was actually a part of a small Twitter discussion this morning on monks and spiritual leaders who um, died from alcoholism. Ooh. And I think the a funny variation on that is the monk who drinks nothing but Diet Coke. I am going through the penance and suffering of the Diet Coke so that one day my eternal reward of a real Coke will mean something at all. Uh, I li- monks didn't have clean water, though, so they had to get drunk. Yeah. It's, it's tough times being a monk. But I also like I, I, I like spiritual leaders with drinking problems okay. or any sort of I like it when they're not completely clean because I don't think anyone is completely clean. Yeah. And I think that if you are putting it out that you are, there is something wrong. Like, I mean, like Elron Hubbard had a huge uh, masturbation issue and he okay. used to write in his diary, I do not have a problem with masturbation as sort of like a self-affirming. Yeah. So he could kind of trick himself yeah. out of his it. His diaries are hilarious. Well, I think if you do it too much, they call that going clear because it doesn't. Oh, this is horrible. What have I done? What have I done? What is this podcast? Oh my God. On one hand, it's the most beautiful, <laughs> magical, poetic, philosophicers <laughs> view of things. On the other hand, it's bussy. But that's that's the, that's the duality the reality. of man. That's, I mean, that's my favorite thing in all of esoteria is that because we are the farthest down in the material realm, we're actually the closest to the top. You find gar- God in the garbage can. Well, that's also because she's a filthy fucking whore. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. We're deep. <laughs> wow. Talia Hall, this building. Yes. 1892, it was built. Many, many bands have played at Talia Hall. I can't name all of them right now. It has a sick balcony, which you saw Matt Justice jump from. And unfortunately, uh, I guess Charles Mason got ill with something, probably COVID, if I had to guess, uh, because he tweeted, a lot of people don't know that COVID's still real, and it is. And I was like, we know. We've been known. But- he could not make it that night, so he sent his goons in their place, uh, Pero being one of the goons, and Slade being the other goon. I did not realize how strong Slade was. That dude kicked the shit out of me. That dude is strong as fuck. Have you read the plaque on the outside of the building? I have not. Uh, so it says it was built as a hall for meetings and for musical and theater, theater theatrical mm-hmm. productions in the Czech community. Oh. This building was named for Thalia, the Greek muse of comedy and pastoral poetry. I love that. I love that. Um, Let's see who's oh, I want to see some names. Typical of such halls, this design incorporated retail and residential facilities, which helped support the theater financially. Among businesses of this type is unique among businesses of this type. It is. Good God. Unique among buildings of this type is its interior theater, which was modeled after the old opera house in Prague. Whoa. That's really cool. It's very cool. And I do like that there is uh, the same sense of uh, venue uh, gratification and yearning for a, a beautiful view from the GCW staff as there is for me, because getting to wrestle in a beautiful building makes it a lot easier to get your ass kicked. You know, you're at least surrounded by the arts and you feel a little more validated as a performer if you're performing at Talia Hall and not the VF Dub Hall, where they have, you know, just like one keg in the back that Jerry's in charge of. 
Yeah, that's interesting. It's a very, and they had a staff, which is fascinating. Sometimes we're at these shows, and I'm like, it's kind of, uh, and I don't, I'm even hesitant to say this, it's kind of crazy more crimes don't happen at wrestling shows because there's never any security except for like us. But this building had real security, and somebody was saying some weird homophobic shit in the crowd, and security removed them. Whoa. Because someone came up to me and they were like, this guy was saying stuff during your match or saying something. And I said, well, point me where was my first sentence. Point me where they are. And they said, oh, security already pulled them out of here. And I was like, what? Is this what it's like having a real green room and having a real uh, a real venue to call your home? Now, from this point forward, though, it was a disaster. Myself, Dark Sheik, Alley Catch, three to two, because the third man wasn't there, should be pretty easy, say, no. Because right when we were about to win this contest, who shows up in a fucking ski mask except for Billy fucking Dixon? Oh, yeah, that's right. The same Billy Dixon who I have rocketed to superstardom with my booking prowess, with the power of my pin, with the power of uh, my in-ring skill of giving you everything, Billy Dixon. And now what have you done? You choked my sister out with a belt, threw her on the ground, got your, your dogs to get sicked on me. But let's be clear. Both of y'all are happy now playing second fiddle to Charles Mason when it seems like your issue was playing second fiddle to Effie. Those seem to be your complaints. You are the second fiddle. You are not the top dog, or you have frustrations with how I do things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in fucking line. But now you're going to go bow down to the het? To the het in a business suit? Come on, sis. I love straight people. Y'all are blessing us with so much stuff. Great. Thank you. Really? You can't play second fiddle to me, but you can play second fiddle to this guy? Why? Because he's paying you more money. He gave you a little extra money. Girl, don't act like y'all do this for the money. I've seen what you've done for no money. I know what you'll do for a little money. And now I'm finding out if you give them a lot of money, they'll just put that knife right in your back. Et tu, Brute? Et tu, Brute? After all this shit? I should have known why I wasn't booked at PW Vibe. I thought it was just because I said I'm sticking to my standard rate. And you said, girl, this ain't WrestleMania. Sorry I offended, darling. We got our asses kicked, Peter. Got destroyed, okay? I had a chair put under my face and then had another chair slammed into my head between the chairs. It's called a concerto. It's not as fun as the musical concerto you're thinking of. Very painful, actually. And, and, and uh, I may this may be why I'm a little bit grouchy. Maybe I had some head trauma. Maybe I have before. Maybe I will again. I don't know, but I'm furious and I'm mad. And y'all got to know I'm booking brunches right now. Y'all think I'm going to book you for the brunch when you come attack me with a chair? I tweeted yesterday, I've got to gotta get a form so you don't try to kill me. And then I woke up today and you know what I thought? I quote tweeted it again. I said, no, actually, fuck it. Go ahead. Try to kill me. None of you motherfuckers can. None of you. Now, I'm still very confused, though, why Charles Mason is even infatuated with me at all. Because it seems like his original issues were with Alley Catch. He says that was just to get to me. But... It, it, it's, it just seems fishy. Everything seems fucking fishy. There's something else going on here. I don't know what it is. Now, what did I have to do after the show? Well, we had to go all the way across town, hungry. I had to eat Ritz Bits crackers because nothing was open. And I went to the hotel. And it was beautiful. Great time. Went to bed wondering why I was in so much fucking pain. And then I got to the airport at 5 in the morning. Now, I need to remind myself of something, and I'm going to do it here. It doesn't take me long to get through O'Hare. It takes me 10 minutes to get through O'Hare. If it's boarding at 6, I don't need to be there at 5. I need to be there at 6. Because honestly, I could have just walked on that plane because it was late anyway. And I was like, oh no, they're going to cancel this flight. And I said, hey, what's up with the plane? And you know what they said? 
They forgot to bring it over to the gate. They that forgot? Was, that was why I was delayed an extra hour on Sunday. They forgot to bring it over to the gate. I was like, what is happening here? This is bizarro behavior. I slept the whole way, landed, and then what did I do? I didn't even go home. We went right to breakfast. Have you been to Snooze? No. Oh, my God. So good. They just opened a new one by the Where Trader Joe's. Oh. They have one on Howell Mill over by near Atlantic Station a little yeah. bit. They have one uh, at that Trader Joe's by Piedmont. And okay. then they have one up in Buckhead over by that weird dog store. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Holy shit, it was delicious. I'll go to the one by train. I'll avoid the other. I don't. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I know. Listen, it's a lot head. of. It was busier than I wanted with people I don't always like hanging out with, yeah. you know? Like, uh, what do they call them? Uh, wasps. Wasps. It was waspy, so to say, mm. Sunday morning. But I got back in time to hang out with AJ and his mom again in between being brutally assaulted by people in a whole nother state. Charles Mason is like an F tier Mission Impossible villain. Charles Mason is like if Christian Bale didn't know the basic tenets of acting and was just killing people but thought it was Charles cute. Mason is if Christian Bale didn't understand that American Psycho is a satire. Yeah, Charles Mason is if uh yeah, he doesn't understand it's a satire. It's he's really he's really abrasive in a lot of ways with how he thinks people are poor or whatever and he keeps saying I hang out with poor His people. His tweets are just aggressive how does he still have a twitter it's because elon's in charge now and they'll just let anybody on there they'll let anybody have a twitter these days but you know what honestly she like needs to be next to you that i know she's so she's so precious she knows i need some love uh honestly the chaos that twitter has brought us in its uh continual demise and collapse has been so perfect you know the who who would have guessed that greta would be back with a vengeance I know. Just so proud. Send them all to hell. Send them all away. Let them indict themselves. Have fun, motherfuckers. You want to tweet it all? Let them know. Let them know where you're at. I'm obsessed. I'm not even going to bring up their names. Shout out Greta. The planet The planet was uh, really going downhill before you stepped in, and we appreciate you doing something about it, because no one else is. No one else is doing anything nope. about it. It's our planet. That's why it's so cold and hot all the time. How is it humid and, and blistering? Tornadoes in California. What are they? Uh, they had a tornado warning here the other day. Mm-hmm. I'm over it. Just pull me up in the twister. Come on. Let me hook my belt to the barn. Let's pull this thing up. Let's resurrect Bill Pullman and go Were those balls twisters. they put in the twisters real? I don't know. That I, was the first movie I saw in the theater. First DVD I ever saw. We've talked about this uh, before. I yeah, love this. It's a movie encapsulation. I told you that that was where I wrote my first joke. Did you? Where do cowboys go to the uh, bathroom? <laughs> where do they go to the bathroom, Peter? The West Room. The West Room, folks. The West Room. Peter H. Five came up with that. Peter H. Five had some. He had some thought because there's layers to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Cowboys are from the West, and he would have to have an impairment of his speech to get to that level of saying that and to make it, I don't know, Peter. That's the only thing I did this weekend. We went to brunch. It was great. And then I took a fucking nap on Sunday. I went to bed for like eight hours on Sunday. It was incredible. Maybe it's why I feel fucking refreshed. I went to bed, and then I woke up at about 930, and I went, what are you doing? And he said, I'm doing work. And I said, I'm going back to bed. And I went back to bed. And I woke up the next day, and since then, I've been on a tear. That was only yesterday. So maybe that's what refreshed me. Maybe I just need to sleep a little more, yeah. and I'll be back to knifing everybody. I might sleep tonight, bro. I still want to go see Megan. Still trying to go see Megan. I heard it's really good. You know it's good. 
You know it's good. Somebody somebody tweeted that picture of Nicole Kidman, uh, I think in like the hours or something, and it was like me trying to enjoy Megan at the theater while all the twinks are screaming mother and throwing their panties at him or whatever. Yes, mother. Yes, mother. Work. Megan, work. Megan, murder. They said they're going to make a sequel already. We're excited. Wow. I like that films can exist that are both horror films. Uh, like Hereditary and Megan are both probably very different films. Uh, but I will enjoy them both in different ways. And they are both in the same category of film. That's why horror is such a strange genre of film. Aren't all films a horror at the end of the day for someone? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's feeling the, the horror. The principal in Ferris Bueller, that's totally a horror movie for him. Well, goodness gracious. Though his life is a horror movie as well. Well, go to hell, bastard. That's what I got to say. You remember when they used to do those segments on Maury where they'd be like, Christine is really afraid of frogs. Now we're bringing frogs out. And she's like, yeah. what the fuck did Christine think was going to happen there? They were just going to like have a cure. No, they just wanted to fuck with you, Christine. Don't want to fuck with you. Don't let anybody Maury on your ass. Okay. You want to do some questions? Let's do questions, Peter. What do we think of the news that the American Dialect Society is named USI Word of the Year? The American Dialect Society has named USI as the Word of the Year, the Phrase of the Year. And I want to think that Lil Nas X had a little something to do with it, but I want to be clear. I have toured this country and other countries, other cultures, other languages, and I have spread with my good sister, Allison Catch, the good word of bussy and explaining to people. Now, bussy for a while, it's not an uncommon phrase in the gay community, but it is a frowned upon phrase. When the twink says you need to ram my bussy, it sounds not only indicative of female parts by referencing the word pussy, but it is also, uh, you know, it's. People have issues with Bussy. And I knew that when I named our tag team Bussy because people have issues with intergender wrestling. We already were facing an uphill battle of who's even going to wrestle us. People don't want to wrestle a woman and a man team. But now you look across the scene, a lot of women and man teams, not just couples. And you look across the scene, and I've been in multiple rooms in conservative states where people, straight, gay, all alike, have chanted Bussy, Bussy, Bussy. Why? Because it's forbidden. Because it's fun and because it's something we all have in common. And I want to be clear, it is butt pussy because we are not gender specific. We are not going to make references uh, to the other versions of that word, but pussy. But I'll tell you what, what was Saturday night? We had Dark Sheik to the mix. That's a thruple. That's a thrussy, which is also, that's a throat pussy, but it's a thrussy. And we become that team. We have ussied our way through professional wrestling and... We have now sat on the top of the mountain. There's even more announcements about Bussy coming besides them announcing us as the word of the year. But I will tell you, when they announced that Friday, I felt the shift in the universe. And it wasn't validation necessarily, but it was a little wink that I wasn't far off from where we're heading in the future and that I've always been ahead of the curve. I think back to my mom telling me when I was like 14, she says, is it ever frustrating to be eight months ahead of everyone? And I said, what do you mean, mother? She started pointing out things that I do or pointing out stuff, and she's brought it back up to my attention at other times. And I don't want to say that I'm an ultimate tastemaker, but Peter, goddammit, I've always been an ultimate tastemaker, okay? Does that partially stem from me having to move around a ton as a child and continually make new friends and learning tricks of the trade to get over with people quickly? Fuck yeah, it does. But also, li literally, Peter, I, I just 
like to be passionate about shit I like, and then other people pick up on that passion. I'm not saying that's how it always goes, but the bussy passion over the past few years for me and Allie, coming from people that I would never expect it from, has been fantastic. The first time they chanted it in New Jersey in the showboat, I said, holy fuck, I think I've made a slight impact on this industry. So you you attribute you being early on stuff to moving around a bunch. I I think me being early on stuff comes partially from me having to be passionate and being able to sell the stuff that I am into and who I am to an audience for them to understand it, for me to more palatably deal with a new environment. Interesting. It's get over or die as the new kid. And I did it six, seven times. That's really funny. So yeah, like I'm an ultimate salesman. I get it. It's one of my skills. I studied PR. I crafted it. I think we we have, because I mean, I was touring little missionary kid for the first 14 years of my life. And this is when you told me you were selling people on Babylon. You knew exactly how to sell them. Mm -hmm. So we have these skills amongst ourselves, Peter. It's funny. I was day one on the weekend back when it was three people. Oh, yeah. And no one knew who it actually was. And they had that weird weird balloon tapes Mm -hmm. or something? I don't know. Um, But then I was like, I was early on 1975 in the exact same way. I want to tell you, my youth pastor cousin got me onto the 1975 by saying, this is kind of girly music. I think you'd like it. And I said, oh, brother, are you correct? Do you see the video of him sucking on thumbs? I went, when am I, when's it, when do I get my time in the sun? <laughs> That's what me and Allie kept asking each other this weekend. <laughs> when do we get our time with Matt Healy in the sun? I want to eat the meat. I want to suck the thumb. I want to break a lamp. Okay. Oh, Caroline has some of the best pop production I've heard in years. And I don't mm-hmm. always like Jack Antonoff production, but he really smashed that whole album. Seriously. Out of the park. Seriously. And gave them cohesion that they haven't had on other albums. Like Have sometimes their albums are 38 songs and four of them are yeah. him going. <laughs> that was, I mean, that was one of the things that was interesting. Like the, I think I sent you that podcast where they talked about the new record for like, like an hour 45. I didn't listen to it. Um, one of the things that was interesting that they were talking about is how when they were sitting down to do the record, they realized that they had basically just had ideas up until that point and that they never sat down to go, what are these ideas that we've been running with for this whole time? And so this record, it they felt, was the first actual 1975 record. Everything else has been demos? Everything else has been We've demos. been demoing the sound yeah. up until this point? Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. There's too many good boppers on there. It's... And yeah. As someone, listen, I'll tell you this. As an artist, let me tell you a secret that Matt Healy found out about. She she loves me so much. Uh, Having someone else edit your work does not invalidate what your work's core purpose is and will actually bring a higher light to your work if you let someone else in on it before it reaches the public. They, They were talking about how they forced everyone in the band to play an instrument they suck at. And so that's like a, where a lot of the, like part of the band is just made of accidental good sounding shit that they did from because they were just like fucking around on instruments they don't play. And now they're like, we have to recreate this live. In a yeah. And then, and then there's certain parts that are like, oh yeah, that was all Jack because he knows how to play every instrument. <laughs> I just think back to like, I used to be a big Steel Train fan. Oh, hold on. The other thing oh. is Maddie was like, I don't want to think that much. So every single song on the album, he plays the same chord progression. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, Maddie. He figured it out. The Beatles did it. Why wouldn't you? Come on. It's more fun that way. Good for them. They're yeah. figuring out artistry. Yeah. They've always been a fun live band. I'm sad I missed them again. This is the 19th time I've said that. But yeah. I'm sure I will see them live at some point, Peter. 
Why can't we bring wrestling back to these festivals? Sometimes they have wrestling at like um, the punk festivals, like Riot Fest, yeah. I think, had wrestling one time. And then one of the Warp Tours had wrestling. But you're telling me at Bonnaroo in the comedy tent, we couldn't oh set God. up a wrestling ring for one show yeah. and really give it to them? Because it has AC. It has that internal central area. Because then you could be like, MIA has to wrestle Vampire Weekend. Yeah, or like all of a sudden like, how did Snoop Dogg get in this match? Well, he has a set in 30 minutes and he's going to bring everybody over there afterwards. But right now he's recreating his uh, splash moment from AEW television here with Effie. Have you seen his line of doggy clothing? No. It's like Snoop Dogg dog. Snoop Dogg dog. <laughs> I'm into it. I love his children's affirmation videos. Have you not seen these? No. Holy shit, bro. What? Snoop Dogg has a whole set of children's affirmation video songs about teaching kids to believe in themselves. And at one point he dresses up in like a giant dog costume to help dance and sing with the kids. And now people are doing them in their classrooms. And it's like, you know, like I'm working on me. I'm doing my best. I'm helping people around me. And it's like full on Snoop Dogg is just like putting out sick beats with sick affirmation songs for children to believe in themselves. What a turn, right? Wow. He also does a lot to coach youth football. I remember reading a lot about that. He had that show for a while. I think you look at Snoop Dogg, it's another example of uh, you've got to take the bump, right? Yeah. In wrestling sense, you got to take the bump. But what can you turn the bump into? And he has turned a a hip-hop career, an adult-oriented, drug-fueled, sex-addled hip-hop career into something that has helped children, helped animals, helped people, and most importantly, helped a uh Post federally convicted Martha Stewart show that she can be both the most beautiful garden homemaker in the world and also a bad prison bitch who knows how to quilt your ass down. Right? Right. Incredible. Right. How did we get to Snoop? I love it. I, Good um, for you, Snoop. Well, speaking of Snoop, uh, <laughs> this is for, oh, thank you to Julie for Julie Alexander for that last question. Yes. This is for Maggie. Thought of while looking for my keys the other day cryptids thoughts on and any favorites oh yeah okay so i saw a tweet the other day and i've never felt more like oh yeah of course in my life than the fact that bigfoot is a woman bigfoot is a mother okay i don't think i think bigfoot could even be like a black widow all right i think they use the men to get their babies and they raise their babies but i think every visible bigfoot we've seen has been much like lions who do the hunting for the pack, the yep. females. I think the Bigfoot females, I agree with this tweeter, are the ones that are out there actually doing the exploring. And the weaker, lesser male species are kept in a safer regard. The the female like lionesses do all of the work. They're the ones you should be worried about yeah. when you are out. The only thing a big about. lion has is a silly hat made of fur. Yeah. Okay. They do. I did. This was one of the cool things that I got to see growing up in Africa when they do the pride switchover, where the younger lion will fight the older lion for control of the pride. We watched one of those battles for like an entire day just like chase them around because we had this really awesome guide who knew that we were like actually from there and not tourists. So we'd go off and do the cool dangerous shit. So we just like tracked these two lions fighting each other. The old guy lost. It was kind of sad. Oh man. Yeah. But that's how life works, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the cycle of life, right? 
No. Yes. yes. I, we, uh, when I went to go see that movie when I was a kid, we went to the theater and my mom said that I freaked the fuck out when Rafiki held up the lion and we had to leave the theater. Don't drop that baby. Yeah. Don't I, drop that baby. I had to watch it later on. Oh, I had no. a real hard time with not knowing that movie. Like I was that kid you had to worry about who didn't understand that movies were not reality. Like, yeah. I, I saw I mean, those I dinosaurs in Jurassic Park and I was like, fuck, where's this? I think you weren't the only one on the on the Jurassic Park dinosaurs that said, this is a little bit too realistic yeah. and concerning when a man was eaten off a toilet. So what do you have? A, we've talked about cryptids before. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Um, well, okay. So I'm obviously, I think they're probably sickly dogs, but I'm fond of the chupacabra because cranberry yeah. kind of looks like one. Yeah. Um, I am. I think that where we have not spent enough time with cryptids, like I'm in, I think all cryptids are real. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Okay. But I don't think we've spent enough time on these ocean cryptids. Yeah. Okay. And I do think that this concept that we've been told that, Oh, the sailors just thought mermaid. They thought the manatees were mermaids because they're so stupid and drunk is a myth propagated by the mermaids. Okay. Yeah. The mermaids don't want us to know about them. No. And why would they want us disturbing their shit? Why do you think now I, I want to say that they are a little incorrect in the way they've gone about it, but I admire their tenacity. These, Oil rigs in the ocean? You think they just mess up all of a sudden? No. These mermaids are trying to keep us from using their ocean resources. And certain mermaids have helped in some media aspects. Like, you think Hollywood doesn't know about real mermaids? They totally do. Shape of Water, they're trying to give us a little hint here. You know, uh, Tina Cuerta in uh, Wakanda Forever, little note. James Cameron, of course, he's been to the bottom of the Mariana Trench. You think he doesn't speak a little mermaid? You don't think he was giving us the Navi's secret language to help us understand the mermaids more? So I want more exploration in the ocean because I want to be able to communicate with our mermaid brothers and sisters. And if the whole thing is just that dolphins can telecommunicate and they haven't chosen me for that yet, then bring it on, motherfuckers. I'm ready to hear about our split in the uh, adaptation and evolution where you return to the great sea, uh, not needing our bipedal ways that have slowed us down and made us weak. As, uh, Paul Simon would say, why am I so soft in the middle? And as the dolphins would say, because you chose incorrectly, you could have been a cartilage machine. Amazing. So that's my cryptid answer. Peter, what about you? What kind of cryptids are you into? Um, okay. My favorite at and you have to be careful on this website because there's a lot of bullshit on okay. there. My favorite website of all time is this really strange website called Bibliotheca Pleiades. And I've been there. It, have you? I have. Okay. Uh, so for some weird reason, it is a Spanish website that contains a collection of um, really strange documents and conspiracies and cryptids and aliens and Area 51 stuff. It's basically every single weird woo woo out there like declassified cia documents when they're you know when they're like trying to blow goats up with their brains oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah good for george Clooney um, too but my favorite my favorite run of that stuff is when it starts diving into the like odd regions of spirituality and like white men exploring regions of the world that they have no business exploring and, okay like, 
discovering holy men like tucked away in odd places like almost like the Ramdas was successful but I like the ones that are the guys that aren't successful and they accidentally like discover some like it's like Indiana Jones but like it didn't go well for him yeah those are my okay. favorite ones like we should have just turned around yeah, and yeah we've exactly. gone too far now exactly and it's cursed us infinitely because uh, it's it's really funny to me like there's this really there's this interesting story of these explorers who kept finding this like painted eye and they kept following the painted eye and then ended up in some weird monastery somewhere. And then they started like mysteriously dying after they came back from the expedition. And you chose to let it watch you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was watching you and then you chose to let it watch you and it consumed you. God, are you watching? It's me, Margaret. (laughs) Okay. I have a wild last question. I'm all up for it. Okay. This is from Julie. Okay, question for Effie that I hope is written in a way that isn't disrespectful to anyone, but as a older bi woman, I am aware that I tend to get overly excited for even the hint of representation in entertainment. So this is an issue I've been struggling to wrap my head around since I got back into watching wrestling. Also, in light of the last episode and the recent GCW show, feels like a good time to potent- to ask a potentially fired up Effie. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm not fired up about anything. As someone who has basically been the face of increased LGBTQ visibility in the wrestling space, do you have any thoughts on wrestlers who play around with what I think of as being ambiguously bi in the ring, on Twitter, on certain YouTube shows without actually being out? Does it increase the normalization of gay culture in the wrestling space? Is it problematic? Is it somewhere in the middle? Depends on the individual. Okay, this is great. What a fantastic question, Julie. And what a fun lead in. I think, you know, whenever, like you said, whenever you are the public face for this sort of movement, which I'd be bullshitting you to say I wasn't, uh, you obviously are going to take a lot of the heat up front. It doesn't help in some situations representing a large community like this. that is very diverse, uh, that I am a cis white man. It just doesn't help. And so a lot of the times in answers and interviews I've given, I've sort of said, uh, the biggest thing I'm working on is learning to listen. And I don't just listen when people are telling me valid things. I listen to everything around me as it happens. And listening without judgment first, I think, is a fun way to do it. I think humans are far more complicated than we give them credit for. And I think in a lot yes. of cases, uh, these people who are exploring a more ambiguous side or trying new things, who are opening things up, are not necessarily going at it with the wrong intentions or intentionally trying to uh, you know, garner adoration or financial gain by just playing into what's seemingly popular. And for those that are and and are going that way, that's your own battle to have. Because I will tell you, as someone who's been in this business long enough, the, the worst thing I could have done is not be myself. I would have gone insane. Pretending to be anything other than you are is what drives you insane. There are people who say I use a lot of... Um, stereotypical gay things in my performance. And I took offense to that uh, for a while, but then I thought, and I said, no, that's just the gay I am. I'm kind of an aggressive, stereotypical, wild, let me push your buttons. Oh, does that piss you off? I bet it does kind of gay. And it's okay to embrace that. Like that's just who I am as a person. It's not something I was leaning into or trying to make more of. It's just me going like, this is how I think. And this is what I do. So if you find that stereotypical, then it seems like I may actually be gay. So (laughs) (laughs) what a twist. But over time, pretending to be that thing you're not or leaning into that character, the authenticity is often uh, very see-through to the audience. And I think 
Julie is probably someone who can attest to this, and there are plenty of audience members out there who can attest to it. Someone said to me the other day, they said, there's a lot of little effies running around. And I said, good. I said, let them explore. Let them try things. Let them feel things out. Let them do what they think is valid and what makes you a pro wrestler. Because when I started out, everyone was pretending to be AJ Styles. Everyone was pretending to be Brian Danielson. And it was what? Fucking boring. And then you went into everyone's Seth Rollins phase. Boring again. If everyone wants to be Effie, at least they're trying something weird and out of the ordinary right. and exploring themselves in a way through wrestling that hasn't been legitimized uh, by actual queer people in a long time. I think that as we go forward, uh, my hope is that the need for Effie doesn't exist. And I told this to people a few years ago. And they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I want to wipe myself out. Effie is a self-extinction experiment. When I am absolutely not necessary to the wrestling world anymore, I won't be here anymore. It will be past my time. Are we there yet? Absolutely not. Are we moving more forward towards that? Yes. Fuck yes. Because you can have queer wrestlers and queer feuds and queer energy to things that are not necessarily immediately queer. You know what I mean? There are people bringing their true selves and their valid selves into this and bringing queer identity into this and bringing those struggles that are unique to them into this that aren't necessarily looking at it in a lens of, I have to show you all my queerness, but their queerness is driving that lens. Right. So yes, I think going forward, be wary, be cautious of anything that you're shown or given. Um, especially on mainstream TV, there's always been that trouble of, you know, your Billy and Chucks, which I admire Billy and Chuck. I thought it was great. They did a whole gay gimmick. And now you have Billy Gunn teaming with an actual homosexual male, the first openly gay champion in AEW history, tag team champion Anthony Bowens of the acclaimed. Him and Max Caster have gotten mega over, not because they're gay, but because wrestling tends to lean itself to a bit of a uh, middle school sense of humor. And it's very fun to scissor. And so now seeing Billy Gunn go from portraying a false gay man in a narrative where the end story was, I'm not actually gay. Don't, uh, I just did it for fun. And now he's actually working with a real gay talent to move it forward. Things change and shift and it's not always aggressively forward, but these aggressive moments that I think I sometimes provide are going to help move things forward and create more space for people to be weird without being immediately judged as weird. Cause they've seen weirder from my ass. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know where else I'm going with that, but it felt like a good answer. I'm going to keep booking shows. I'm glad there are more places for queers to get booked now. I'm glad there are more places for us to show our craft off without having to compromise. Um, but I am also not going to stop anyone else's journey or feel like, unless they're harming others, you know, that they're necessarily doing this for the wrong reasons or trying something out for the wrong reasons. As I remind people before I go through the curtain, this is true. I haven't ever told you this. I will look at anyone around me before I go through the curtain and I go, it's just fucking pro wrestling. And it's a good reminder of, I take this very seriously. I want things to come across the way I want them to come across. I want my art to be reacted to the way I think it will be reacted to. And I want to give people my version of myself in a complete way, but it's just fucking pro wrestling. And if I, if I, hold my whole self image on things going correct or me being perceived correctly in pro wrestling. I am stupid and I know my truth. I know my intentions. I know what I'm doing. If other people don't see it that way, it doesn't invalidate, uh, the completion truth in myself. It's just fucking pro wrestling. <laughs>